Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, hello, Mr. Jules Gill. I'm Scott Tilford. You're Jules Gill. I know that because I just said that. Hello, Jules Gill. How hello, you Scott Tilford. You are Scott Tilford. I know this because I, Jules Gill, know that you are Scott <laughs> Tilford. We have worked together many years, and it is glad that you, Scott Tilford, recognize me, Jules Gill, as being your compatriot this in is this the podcast. Oath. This is the oath that must be taken on the Untitled, bon- Untitled Bonter podcast. The Untitled... <laughs> Banter podcast. I swear this in blood that you, Scott Telford, <laughs> my liege. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I'm slightly high off life because I have just done a video about the Hideo Kojima slash abandoned slash Silent Hill theory thing, which will be that'll be on the channel. Go watch that. It's just me and Josh trying to figure it all out. It is ridiculous. It clearly isn't true, but it's very fun to talk about it. Um, and that's just that's the whole thing. The idea being yeah. that Hideo Kojima is he's faking another studio. It's Moby Dick Studios all over again. I feel really sorry for you, mate, because every time the, the uh, rumors begin circulating on the internet. It's just kind of like you're there, a mixture of like, oh, I've got to talk about it because this is amazing. It's really interesting. And then another side of it's like, but it's all kind it's of bull crap. Isn't it? it's, uh, yeah. and the, the thing is, his name translates as the, don't, the, don't, the don't CEO. get yourself wound up. Don't get his, no, no, it's no, I can really see. Then, oh, you get wound up again. Right, I'm, ta- I'm taking the 50p out of you, mate. Right, okay, this <laughs> ride is over. Thing. This ride is over. Oh, this ride will never be over. But I'll tell you what's, what's on right now is the UPP. The UPP. The UPP. Because it is the entire part of the podcast. Every week we ask people what their thoughts are, whatever's going on in the gaming industry, whatever you want us to talk about. Send in your questions, your thoughts, and we'll get to as many as we can. And we mm-hmm. thought we'd do a hiking-themed podcast this week because I but went on why? a big... But why, Scott? Well, why that's the thing. I, I went on a big old mish uh, across E3 weekend. It's my wife's birthday. So we went across to the Lake District, which is a place in the in the UK over to the west, which just looks a lot like Lord of the Rings territory. Now, I don't know geography at all. So to me, it's Lord of the Rings territory. It was just a lot of big mountains. And I took a boat out, and I was on the lake, and I climbed a big mountain, and oh my my god mountains are way more intimidating than they were in breath of the wild it's it's a hell of a thing do you know what's really funny is that you describe the west obviously you're in newcastle at the, moment. <laughs> the thing that is majoritively to the west of you is scotland like kind of kind of but it just yeah so we although i always oh, sorry sorry i know that there's a lot of scottish people that be like no they consider themselves to be the northest point of all of england let's fine fine you i was thinking it was the north yeah, I, yeah it, it is it, the north my... but i'm to my mind, it's uh, it is the north. But yeah, we went. I mean, just for the sake of if if we've got any listeners in uh, in the Lake District in Windermere to be specific, and mm. um, that'll blow my mind. But you're there's a mountain called Old Man Coniston. I went all the way up the Old Man and um, couldn't get to the peak, but got uh, about four hundred and fifty ish meters up. And um, so I'm classing that as a bit of an achievement. So that's, that's um, wait, wait, no, 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 no. We we need to actually discuss this because you you yes. uh, you've sort of swept past this more than you should have done because that is Go actually on. a huge achievement because Thank I you. know you. I've known you for a long, long time, my friend. And <laughs> The thing is, is that like you love nature in all of its forms. Yes. You're a huge fan Especially of all the animals. rings. But when it comes to like doing the climbs, you're always a bit apprehensive. And I totally understand why. Anything the athletic. The fact that you even managed to do that, get out of the house and do that. 
I know. Well, thank you very also, much. Also, secondly, the, the other thing as well is the fact that your wife managed to get you away for E3 week. I'm well, that's so, the thing. That, that shows without a shadow of a doubt how much you love that woman. <laughs> well, that was the thing um, on the E3 weekend because I still had people messaging me going, what is your, what's your takes on this thing? There's this there's a new Metroid. There's all these different things. And I guess Metroid was slightly after E3, but Xbox yeah. stuff anyway. And uh, I was just like, I'm, I'm on the lakes, mate. I'm, I'm yeah. popping about... <laughs> On Mayer's new EP, I'm bobbing around on the lake. So that was uh, that was where I was. But yeah, climbed a mountain, very exhausting. Got knocked sideways by one of the winds, crosswinds mm. they're called at the top. Yes. That was what eventually put us off uh, getting all the way to the peak. But we got, got, got high on the weekend. See, uh, you guys were much more sensible because when Kerry and I did, we for her birthday, I think it was uh, last year or the year before, we went mm. to uh, Snowdonia and uh, we Ooh. climbed Mount Snowdon. We also did Cader Idris, um, uh, two mountains in two days. Not going to lie, we, I have no idea where either of those places are. It's Snowdonia? It's just North UK? Wales, just North Wales. Mate. Okay, just okay. North Wales. Um, and uh, we uh, got to the top of uh, Cader Idris and as you come over the brow of the hill, you are met by this ridiculous buffet of wind. Like nice. Jimmy Buffett was like going, that's, that's, a, that's a big buffet. <laughs> All you and, can eat. Yeah, exactly. And um, it got so bad that when we got up to the very peak of it, Kerry being only a slight wee thing just was like nearly like getting blown away. Like legitimately, right. I'm standing there like massive chunk of a man I am. I was just kind of like, I'm not really feeling this. But she's she literally went down onto the ground and grabbed hold of the rocks because it was right. like into the, it got to the point where it's like I'm actually going getting pushed back. I'm yeah, getting yeah. pushed like and a we jumper went, in the wind. And so we went down to the uh, to the bottom. Couldn't figure out why no one else was climbing on that uh. day. And it turns out it's because the headwind up there was near sixty mile an hour. <laughs> like it was just like, I don't know what I was was, but we, we turned a corner, went up this big steep thing, and we turned a corner, and we just got smacked in the face by the wind to the point where, yeah, I was like falling back yeah. a bit, and uh, Asia was sort of struggling a bit, and we just sort of were like, this is a bit much, isn't it? Like, we've, we've done we've done 400 and whatever meters, we're not used to this, we're not hikers, and we just like views, really, and uh, so I will recommend, actually, people in, who ever want to go to Windermere, there's a lovely little peak called Orest that overlooks Windermere itself, that's much easier, and the view from Orest is gorgeous as well. Ori and the Blind Orest, is it? Orest and the lovely view i couldn't get enough of it but like yeah i'd recommend them anyway to bring it back around to video games and sure. um, we do we did make this uh this week's one very hiking themed so we have a lot of hiking questions and stuff awesome. um, but to tie in a bit of the video game side of things i did ask people what is the best open world environment um, and you can take that however you want i sort of meant mm. it in terms of um you know interactivity what is it in terms of how does it look like does it make you want to explore does it invoke that feeling of being in the wild um, and i suggested breath of the wild now a lot of people did say breath of the wild some people said death stranding yeah. um, i'll run through a few um andy taylor said witcher 3 sir whistle whip also said breath of the wild but wanted to suggest uh, immortals phoenix rising which i am one of the three people who love that game so immortals phoenix rising <laughs> hell yes uh, travis nichols subnautica laughing sunbro fallout uh, new vegas um sawyer and ruben both said ghost of tsushima and then Sawyer said, uh, Lord of the Rings, Third Age, which oh, wow. game. That's deep that's pull that recommending. is. That's just Middle Earth. Um, <laughs> Jacob Wright said, Skyrim. Do you have any recommendations? Oh, sorry. Do you have any choices for your favorite yes. open world environment? So one of my favorite open world environments is one that I felt truly encapsulated the IP in which mm. it was based. And that is the Mad Max video game. Oh, like, God, and now a lot of people actually derided that saying that it was quite vast and empty. But I adored I like going towards the storms, the apocalyptic like sort of atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And it made you feel totally alone and adrift when you were driving from settlement to settlement. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly out of nowhere, you'd see dust clouds kicking up. It'd be a storm on one side. You'd that came storms are insane. On the other. And I was just like, this 
is encapsulates that emotion, mm-hmm. that adrenaline rush of Mad Max so incredibly well. Mm-hmm. The rest of the game is a bit ropey in places. It's like generic third-person action brawl. It goes on places. a bit, yeah. But, but I really enjoyed just traversing that world. because That was fun. one of the only games where I actually, I'm not going to say I actively liked it. No, I did. I'm going to say I actively liked it. <laughs> Refueling my car, because most games, if they ask you to refuel your car, it's just a, it just gets in the way. Days gone, you're just oh, stuck in the middle of the wilderness. But Mad De- Max, Deadly premonition, mate. When you Deadly run out of, it, when you, for no when reason. you run out of fuel in Deadly Premonition, <laughs> it's the worst thing. I hate it so much. rate slows down even more. Oh. But um, yeah, in, in Mad Max, it kind of factors into it because you are then, you know, you'll usually the game will spawn some a group of raiders that you can just go batter and get their fuel. And like, I love the idea of just hoisting your big oil can on the back of your car and filling yeah. yourself back up again. Um, so yeah, but there was some of the best open world stuff. To get to people's questions though, sure. um, question from Why God Why? Any local... <laughs> <laughs> why lord any local wildlife that can eat you out of your way well no i don't think so um so i, I went face to face with the sheep but i don't think he would he'd be very determined if he was gonna not Mate, me you do not want to be on the wrong end of a sheep you know what I'm i didn't realize it was right there we were walking along and looked to the right I heard a bit of rustling thought it was a bird sheep right there just little sheep there just looked up just comes out right. assassin she goes bam <laughs> i'll have i'll have you bam, it was a very bam. shadowy black sheep just yeah. um so the, in england i uh, hate to disappoint people who think that we do live in harry potter lands we don't <laughs> actually have as much like uh beasts that will kill you outside of the reprobates that live in gateshead um goes, so hey say hey, hey. So i lived i lived there so i'm allowed to say that that's fine um so um we we have uh, adders. Uh, they can give you a nasty bite, but they're not poisonous. No. Um, we don't have any crazy spiders. We don't have. There's nothing Australia style. There's okay. not like giant lizards hanging yeah, out. Unfortunately, I think that the thing that would likely kill you the most out there is maybe a cow. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking, man. Just you, slowly falling on you. If you come between a cow and its calf, then man, you are going to be uh, absolutely cattle killer. It's going to come yeah. and get you. I mean, I, yeah, a I murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Utterly ridiculous if we're going hey. down that road. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I can't think of it. I mean, we, the thing that we saw when we were out hiking was this, uh, it was called Japanese something root. And it was like, oh, this is really poisonous if you touch it. And it had like spread everywhere. It's very purple. It looked very nice. It's very purple. Oh, is this, the creeping, is this the creeping moss thing that's killing Maybe. The I want to call it Nern root, but I think that's from the Witcher. Let's call it Nern root. I, let's just call it Nern root. It, yeah. it, was some, it was called Japanese something root. And it was like this thing that had got all over the trees and it was everywhere. And it was like, whatever you do, don't touch that. Um, or don't eat that um, yeah. because it uh, it'll do some damage. So yeah, the, the most terrifying thing we have is just some just some weeds that have got I mean, out of control. That stuff is actually quite deadly though. Because I'm pretty sure that right. like a few dogs died recently because they like got their snout in it. And it like yeah. it's, it is a bit of a bad one. Um, let's do a, a we 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 did this hiking themed thing and some people recommended very sure. specific uh, walk. So regular PG Quips, absolute legend, ah, legend. that he is, um, recommends the C two C hike cross cross to country. Is that what that okay. is? Is that a hiking term? C2C hike from St. Bees in Cumbria on the West Coast to Robin Hood's Bay in North Yorkshire East Coast. 119 miles coast to coast is what C2C is. Um, it's a difficult one to work towards, but absolutely stunning. And his open world recommendation, the game that doesn't get enough love, was Kingdom Come Deliverance. I'll absolutely back that. Um, 190 oh. miles, mate, though. Never, never going to do that. 
Never going to get there. Isn't Kingdom Come Deliverance getting a, se- a sequel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we, we we spoke about it the other day, actually. Like, mm-hmm. so that's so there's some good news for you there, mate. Although I don't, I think that might still be in rumor stage. There was a whole thing where no, Warhorse... I got sent an email about it. I okay, okay, okay. I definitely have received. Some, I'm definitely some recovering from the about it. amount of boat boating I've done. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely it was definitely like mentioned in the run up to E3. But yeah, Kingdom Come Deliverance, although it has a really slow start, totally gets mm-hmm. there eventually, and the world detail is awesome. It um, really does. But yeah, um, 190 miles. Think you can tackle that as a professional. Definitely, I'd be up for that, man, because um, <laughs> uh, especially seeing as my friend Mikey Barry, who I do all of the Live and Let's Die stuff with, him mm. and Lawson, he's from Cumbria, and oh, he, he loves a good walk, he does, goes and sees the ducks, he does. He's bought um, the pastries. I don't know what else they've got in there. 190 miles is a, a big effort, though. There's actually a walk mm. around here. Uh, it's only about uh, like 15 minutes in the car at the start of it from where mm-hmm. I'm living at the moment, and it's uh, the Ponty Circular. That is okay. like, it's... um. The way you follow me. it, it's a five and a half hour hike. Um, and it like goes up and down like four mini mountains. Or I tell you what annoyed me. My, my gamer brain kind of kicked in when I was climbing because there's a lot of stuff where I can see where I need to go, but the path snakes off in a bunch of different directions. <laughs> and, like, I'm, not, I'm not here for the distance, lads. I want the, I want the view. Like, I want to get me get there. Were you there like, why can't I fast travel? Wait, why can't I just walk <laughs> My stamina way? beat is running low. <laughs> I knew I should have leveled up by killing boars in the forest. Oh, it was just sort of, oh, now we're going to take you around here, do a loop and just sort of go over there for a bit. No, the po- I'm, I can see the turn that I need to be on, but I've got to go all the way around a different way first. Um, anyway, next question. Right. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Isn't it like kind of depressing when you're walking for like hours and hours in like the shadow of a mountain and you're like, oh, that's going to be great when I get there. And it's kind of like <laughs> two hours past, like still not really get that close. Yeah, it's still the same distance, and I'm still just sort of circling. Is it a a painting? Am I in a a Wiley Coyote cartoon (laughs) sort of thing? Well, I definitely definitely got a a taste for it, because we came across a couple of hikers who were going to the same spot we were, but they were taking a more, like, elongated route, and they were like, oh, ours is going to take about five hours, but yours can get up there in, like, two or something. And so we were like, okay, I I get that that's what you're here for, so there is definitely, like, a... It's a thing, like, it's a thing you get invested in, but... Well, when we climbed up um, Snowdon, um, mm. the uh, the route that we took was a nice, easy one. We just did mm. it because we knew that we were going to be climbing another mountain the next day. So we were like, let's try and pace ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, when we came up to a certain point, we saw people like appearing out of like the rock face almost. <laughs> and we were like, what is that? And it turns out that there's like three or four other serious, like hardcore routes. And one of them has you like climbing up. You know that scene in Lord of the Rings where they've got to climb up the... Um, uh, it's it, is it a wall they got to climb up? And it's a really steep thing. It's where um, Gollum uh, throws the bread off the side and forces. Yeah, it's like they go like, like around Mount Doom, like a different entrance to Mount Doom. It, it's like it's like a huge vertical ascent, mm-hmm. basically. It was like that. Right. There were people that had to take like proper climbing gear to like strap in to climb up, and I'm like, that's to get them to the level that we started the walk at. I Anything like, like that? Is why? <laughs> <laughs> Even that scene, like you mentioned it in uh, Return of the King, always gave me like a sense of mild vertigo. Yeah, over the edge, and it's right down. Um, anyway, next question from Sawyer, who says, what's the single dumbest reason you were ever sold on a game? Which makes me think, I mean, the thing is, my mind goes to the likes of No Man's Sky, but I feel like I'm the only person who liked what that game was at launch. No, I, Actually, I, no, I'll tell you, I know I, I rip you for it a lot, but there was a lot of people that really liked what that game promised. I, I adore that game. Like, dude, I, I was, I remember back in 2016 fighting Mr. Ben Potter to say it might be our game of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's yeah. like, what, what are you thinking? It's got to be crazy. Something else. But um, no, I mean, yeah, I, the, I don't know if it's the dumbest reason, because I guess it was like believing that it could ever make any sense. But Metal Gear Solid V having a, have being the, the missing link as they advertised it as in the story. Yeah. And being nothing close to that. 
I'm trying to think of a dumb reason why I bought a video game. I mean, I bought uh, every Dynasty Warriors game, even though it's the same <laughs> game. And that's a dumb reason because I know that what I'm getting Actually, is the exact same experience. Yeah, right? I, any Assassin's Creed after Unity. Oh, sorry, even Assassin's Creed Unity. Like, I remember that whole conversation at the turn of the generation being like, this is one of the first new games that we know exactly how it's going to play. And we know exactly what we're getting, but it's going to go and do the same stuff again. And obviously that game kind of imploded and they ended up soft rebooting it yeah. and stuff. But maybe that giving it I mean, to that i buy anything that has like xcom tile based um strategy oh my stuff God. because that's I'm not a dumb though. That's, that. that's that's intelligence that's but no but no i don't think it is intelligence because, <laughs> if, because a developer if they're listening to that they can get a guaranteed sale out of me if they just have like an xcom adjacent style of gameplay i'll just be like, like can i have the pre-order special edition please mate if you make it so that my route to work is in like segmented chunks i'll enjoy that a lot more i'll move in <laughs> three then two then three again like i i'm the same as you i adore that style of gameplay just give me that in literally everything and well, wait, that's that's why the Final Fantasy Tactics series needs to come back. Mm. I swear down, like it, it, XCOM cannot be the only game that no. has this sort of like well, I mean, it Advance, has the monopoly on this kind of like strategy based tile system at the mm -hmm. moment. Well, Advance Advance Wars is coming back. Mario oh, and Rabbids kicking yes. off again. I feel like there's a little Metal Slug Tactics. Metal Slug Tactics. I feel like there's a little bit of a resurgence in turn based combat coming back again, which is good to see. I think ultimately the thinking about dumbest reasons we were sold on games. For me and you, we've been around the block a bit, and it's been a while since we've gone hook, line, and sinker on a on a trailer. I think most of the time we we can tell if something is overblown, overblustered BS. Um, actually i'll yeah. tell you what i, I bought um soul caliber 4 because you could play as darth vader very good oh that, I bought, that is a, that is a dumb reason to, I to, to buy the, a video game i bought the entire playstation 3 so i could play metal gear solid 4 i didn't care, care about <laughs> anything else on that system i still don't really a first uncharted i guess um yeah i remember i remember getting my first paycheck um from argos back in the day and just going i'm just gonna get a ps3 because i want to play metal gear 4 and that was i need i need the whole console for that I bought a uh, harvester, that ridiculous. Oh, PC that N64 because, thing. Uh, no, I think it was for the. I don't know if it was really for the. Oh no, I'm thinking of body think, harvest. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I bought that just because of the. Oh no, actually, I bought that because of the fact I wanted to be annoyed. But I also bought <laughs> the Genesis game Balls because it had a funny name. Fantastic, yeah. Just a fighting game in which uh, all of your characters are just balls. <laughs> like Cooler World. Yeah. Um, why not? Next question from Jack Asbury, who says, as YouTubers yourself, what do you think of YouTube adverts? From a consumer perspective, they're awful, but keen to hear you guys' thoughts. Keep making amazing content. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Cheers, I man. personally absolutely hate YouTube adverts. I think yeah. that they've completely started taking the pee with them. And uh, obviously, it's a business reality that we have to have them in the videos. Obviously, obviously, mm -hmm. obviously. But I, again, as a consumer, when I'm sitting there flicking between different videos, and he keeps insisting on a 30 second unskippable thing yeah. because they have the paid premium version of YouTube that they want to push people towards. I just find that infuriating as someone who's yeah. been there since the beginning of YouTube. Yeah, it's annoying. It's um, from a creator's perspective as well. It's really annoying because you're, for example, I do the Warhammer Battle Report stuff on mm -hmm. Live and Let's Dice. And it means that uh, after every battle round, I have to put an ad in because they're so long that you know that not many people uh, are actually going to watch it all the way through. So mm -hmm. you have to capitalize on the bits that you do. Mm -hmm. I hate the way that it breaks up the video. It's why I'm trying to push like for either membership or Patreon support because I want to turn ads off completely mm. on my own content. I don't want to rely on it. Mm. And the way, like you say, that YouTube is moving towards, is it YouTube Red or YouTube Premium? It's Pre just YouTube Premium. Premium. I, th I think Red was like a, yeah, like a separate amount of content. But yeah. I, I hate the fact that they're doing this because it devalues um, what advertisers are willing to pay for adverts because they can see that YouTube is pulling support for them mm. off it. So what we're seeing on the back end of things is that our cpm or clicks per minute or something i think so um you 
you get a lower payout because everyone is starting to move away from this. Well, like it's there's also like this, the fact that you know if if it's you everyone for me I mean maybe this is I I feel like this is the case for a lot of people as soon as an mm. advert starts you look to the corner find the skip thing and yeah. just watch the five second yeah. countdown until I can skip it if it's a twenty second one a thirty second one for me I'll back out and go back into the video again yeah. so I can lucky dip it and see if I can get something that I can skip but yeah. I'm not taking in anything that's on that advert I'm literally just waiting so I can skip it um yeah. some game ones have been effective around the E three period like I'll just watch a trailer again or something but um yeah for the most part I. I think in terms of the way YouTube has changed over the years, it's definitely got more invasive and more, they're trying to push you towards the premium yeah. thing. What I really hate is when the ads just aren't targeted whatsoever. Mm. Like it's, um, I would rather, for example, when I watch lots of Warhammer content, every advert that comes up is usually for a Warhammer game or is it Warhammer Jason or stuff like it will have something related to that. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, fine, there's a, there's a chance that I might watch this. It is right. like not a high chance, but there is a chance. But when it's like stuff that I I'm never going to buy and not relevant to what I am. Like loan <laughs> company stuff. I'm just not going to bloody you, like watch it. Like. The thing that I would be waiting for me, I get the same two adverts over and over and over again. Yeah, like if you've ever shopped for something, you just get the same stuff. And it's like, I think I'd be more uh, up for it if they varied stuff more. Um, but yeah, there's obviously, it's a much wider conversation. Obviously there's a business reality to those adverts. I obviously enjoy the fact and love the fact that we can do what we do and we're able to do it because of the way that that whole system works. But I think they have got more aggressive over time. That's the thing that I really, I noticed like you know yeah. considering that it started it's, in 2007 it's why um, brand sponsorships are much more uh, prolific in youtube at the moment because there's a more money to be made and b you actually get to control what adverts you put on it because you're the one that's integrating them into your content yeah, yeah. so for example you may have seen um that we've obviously got a lot of stuff on the what culture one we, we team up with a lot of different partners mm -hmm. and when we're asked to make the adverts that's actually the lesser of two evils because we like making the adverts sometimes they're much more fun they're much more personable and we can make them funny. Yeah, that's, that's the I, thing is, that's the whole thing of like trying to try to make the business side of YouTube enjoyable, which is yeah. like, yeah, there's a whole sponsored PR speak version of YouTube that is something we'll always try and avoid, but sometimes it is just what you're told to read out. But yeah, that's a whole separate thing. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates 
fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Um, To bring it back around to my friend hiking, though, or our friend hiking, um, from Steve, who says, what game do you think has the most realistic mountain slash wall climbing mechanics? Um, I think, although my mind went to Breath of the Wild again, I think it's maybe more like Grow Home. Did you ever play that? The Ubisoft game. No, didn't play that. It plays like a little robot called Bud. Um, I forget what Bud stands for. It's something. And uh, you uh, climb bit by bit. You sort of like, you aim. I think you aim with analog sticks. It's been a little while. Um, Mm -hmm. But I like the idea of you. So it's very physics based. It's very like you're using a lot of momentum to get up and over stuff. Um, And he's constantly staggering and falling over. So it's like you have to kind of like be very aware of what the plane that you're on is, like the actual terrain. Yeah, that's cool. Um, whilst you try and get higher and higher and higher. Um, that was like a little tech demo. I think um, that became a full game, actually made from round here. It was the Ubisoft studio um, that's from like the Northeast. Um, but yeah, what's, what comes to mind for you when I can think of climbing stuff? Uh, well, the thing is, is that like, I'm actually glad that there is a small pool of realistic climbing mm. bits in games because it's not a fun experience to go through. <laughs> like uh, one of the things that people will complain the most about, even like majestic titles like Breath of the Wild is mm. running out of stamina while climbing yeah. up. But for me, I guess, it would either have to be Shadow of the Colossus because I love the concept of treating enemies as levels and grabbing onto their fur and moving in different mm-hmm. ways and they're trying to shake you off. Like It's not realistic in the sense that it's a fantastical beast that you're climbing, mm-hmm. but I like the fact that they made weight uh, very important to climbing up through, I like the because uh, um, that, that was the thing in Metal Gear Solid 2 if you did enough pull-ups you could make it the grip meter go uh, yeah. you could last for longer and yeah. Uncharted 4 brought in that what do you call the thing you'll know I'm doing a motion the, the grappling hook no no it's like is it called like a pitten or a pitten Okay. You put in the wall and then you climb on it and then you put oh, in the um, wall. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Thing. The climbing uh, picks sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they, they introduced that in Uncharted 4. And I thought that was like a cool like kind of addition to, mm-hmm. you know, getting Drake up stuff because it's so easy to just point the point the analog stick and hit X over and over again. Um, but yeah, I there's mean, not it, that many that have tried to like do realistic climbing yeah. like, and it would just be too arduous. I mean, if we're looking at the ones that has a, what I consider to be a nice blend of mm. realism, and I'm using this very loosely and fun, I guess <laughs> it's the Assassin's Creed games. Because I was just going to say, they, yeah. yeah. They, well, they use a lot of motion capture uh, that of people who did parkour and stuff like that. So it mm. actually looks real. Mm. It's real actions, but obviously the speed and consistency at which your uh, chosen protagonist climbs mm. is far beyond the limits well, of the human thing is, nature. That's, like. Assassin's Creed's fascinating because when they started um, in the run-up to launch, and it's kind of still in there in the original game, it was meant to be that triangle slash Y is your head, X and B are your or, um, square and circle are your left and right arms, and then yeah. A or X are your legs, and you would like point the analog stick and press the respective button to like reach out or reach your leg out and climb yeah. bit by bit. And I loved that approach. I thought that was kind of, like, that was really cool. I kind of want them to do something more like that so it would feel like you're, like, conquering an environment over time but uh, obviously over the years they've just made it so that you can just shoot up like obviously they give yeah. you the grappling hook and uh, syndicate and stuff but um i would t- i would totally take a game that was very like momentum heavy in that way 
it comes down to like player engagement versus mm. empowerment, doesn't it? Because mm -hmm. it's like you want players to feel like you are this like almost otherworldly assassin mm -hmm. who can leap across rooftops and do all this stuff with great ease. If they started adding in elements that maybe made it more satisfying to pull off those moments, but ultimately made it more difficult, I bet you they, loads of people would bounce off of it. Probably. Unfortunately, they've gotten to a state now where, as with most sort of like big name tentpole franchises, you experience a sort of dumbing down a homogenous, oh, yeah. sort of like a homogenous nature so that everything feels as easy as possible to do mm -hmm. because well in the older ones it was like you had to unlock the double jump or the extended jump yeah. and now every character just flies up the most vertical surface like straight uh, away i thought of another one actually uh what about mirror's edge is a great one yeah. i mean climbing again maybe not oh dying light and dying light yeah has got some great parkour element climbing mm -hmm. well. yeah. i finally actually started dying light the other week i thought i might as well good, get it in it? it's pretty damn good i ran across a, a beam like a very like a very talented man and i fell off the side but i'm, I'm gonna try and do it in prep for dying light too nice. um next question from pinky the absolutely legendary pinky hey, dude. who says i watched that outer worlds 2 trailer this week and it's the first time i've ever considered getting an xbox given that their approach is clearly working on people like me do you think that all these games will be xbox exclusives and is it enough to sway either of you to buy one now i already have an i already have a series x i must consume everything yep. um i got a one x even though i knew i was getting a series x ah. ahead of time um just it's got to be done i've got to take the box yep. um it's an illness but um yeah i mean that did you see the outer worlds 2 trailer where I they did, just yeah they just I, took I, the mic for like three minutes but that's perfect that's exactly what the outer world should be doing it's mm -hmm. um uh it's obsidian operating on full like steam at the moment because mm -hmm. when that came out and just proved to the, everyone yes you can have fallout new vegas in space effectively in space. and now they're yeah now they're building on that it's just even better mm -hmm. um it's that, that title alone didn't uh, make me want to go out and get an Xbox, though. What it did make me uh, very appreciative for is that uh, Microsoft are really nailing it when it comes to Game Pass. It's ridiculous. Uh, I've, got, yeah. I've got Game Pass on my PC, and mm. like, I I'm sorry, Mr. Microsoft, uh, I am not <laughs> going to be buying a uh, an Xbox until you That's start. That's what I was going to ask. Like, you because, don't need to you, if you've got a yeah, PC. They're dropping all the best titles onto, uh, onto the PC. So I'm mm -hmm. just like, cool day one thank you well the only thing that would the only reason you would buy xbox over pc like me is if you don't if you're not comfortable with like in my head i'm not comfortable faffing with the pc yeah like, all the different, like settings i know that it's a lot easier than i than in my head it, i think it is um but in terms of the optimization side of it in terms of graphics cards in terms of like all the different setup like i used yeah. to try that stuff and could never get it right um and so for me i just went on the ease of getting a console which i think that they are drilling down on now because it's just sort of like here's game pass it's going to be it's even going to be available as a tv app very soon like they i know had a whole thing about that um which totally predicted years ago when we've yep. talked about it before um but that's the thing it's like hey you want convenience it's the xbox but we don't care it's just game pass access it wherever you want like that yep. seems to be their big push for the future like i think that is just the way that things are going to go like a playstation app and an xbox app what's really interesting is that uh, it feels like in this um especially the last couple of months mm. that microsoft has kind of swiped uh sony's own motto there for the players <laughs> at the moment because everything God, that they're yeah. doing seems to be actually geared towards getting people on every platform actually playing the goddamn games which mm -hmm. is all we want to do well plus i mean it, it's kind of inverted in terms of the exclusives that we know are coming for the next generation as well like mm -hmm. the i mean maybe it'll change going forward um but in terms of the stuff that xbox announced at e3 it was it was nearly all coming to series sx it wasn't yep. coming to xbox one and then the um, put a PR statement out saying that the only the way that you're going to be able to access new stuff is to stream it on the old system. Yeah. But still, like they're aiming for the future. Whereas right now, Sony don't have any confirmed PlayStation Five exclusives. Like the stuff they did have is now coming to PlayStation Four. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of just 
it feels weird. It feels like things have kind of inverted. One of the reasons, not to bring it all back to Mr. Hideo Kojima, but one of the reasons that there's enough to get excited about with that is that Sony needs something right now. Like, yeah. there's so much talk around Nintendo and Xbox. They should just swoop in with the state of play and go, hey, by the way, here's all these things. We're doing yeah. Silent Hill. We're doing this stuff. And it's on PlayStation 5. Um, but right now, who even knows? It seems like Xbox <laughs> is pulling ahead, especially in terms of perception um, because Game Pass is flying. Um, mm -hmm. Next question from Luke Cullen, who says, hey, legends. Well, hello yourself. Hello. What game or gaming moment is there no choice where you wish there was one? And what game or gaming moment is there a choice and you wish that there wasn't? So presented with... It's kind of like which game should have committed to its choice rather than let you pick, which I'll just blow that wider and just say mm -hmm. every game should commit to that. I don't like much choice in games unless it's threaded into the entire narrative like mass effect i yeah. love the end of the last of us because joel does kills the surgeon and saves ellie and i love that they do that because it locks you into that story and you have to live with that ramification that repercussion mm -hmm. so for me it's it's that i guess i would like more of that in certain games but it, it depends how it's handled well, it's interesting because I would want the choice of the end of Mass Effect 3 to carry more weight. Mm. Uh, so I guess like committing harder to that and actually having it so like you absolutely did destroy the galaxy, mate, or you completely <laughs> saved it and you're a selfless hero. I wish mm -hmm. that it was more like that rather than a bit more of a cop-out ending that mm. we did get, even mm -hmm. with the extended version DLC. I remember in. thinking um, GTA 4's choices were a little bit weak as well, like in terms of, I mean, some of them are more meaningful than others. Like there's that one with the sniper assassination bit uh, where yeah. you either take out the, the, it's like one of the brothers of a crime family or you take out the policeman who has like the mm -hmm. information on him and stuff. It's been a while since 2008. Yeah. But I remember that being a thing. But other than that, I remember the run-up to GTA 4 being like, oh my God, it's going to branch in all these different ways. That was kind of back when branching narratives were like the in thing. And I remember, yeah. for me, GTA 4 isn't remembered as this big branching narrative game. And I think it's because they didn't nail that many scenes where it actually matters what you do. Yeah, I only can remember off the top of my head about like maybe five or six choices. And I mm. don't think the choices really had that much impact outside of, spoiler, incoming, three, <laughs> two, one, a certain main character's death. I'll keep Brilliant. it but I think some people might know um, kind of what that was. I, I'll just say a Cousin. word. <laughs> Don't ever go bowling because you can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will just say that my thing with choices, I think we talked about this in a podcast before, mm -hmm. is that if I'm faced with two paths in a physical sense or a narrative sense, I want both. Or I just, I want the uh, creator, the storyteller to nail something down. I will always only think of what I didn't pick when I yeah. do those choices. And I'll just think I'm not seeing the whole game and it just annoys me. I'll go back um, to Life is Strange and say that mm. I wish that if I could change anything about this game, and it would be very little apart from maybe deleting about 30 hellers uh, here and there, <laughs> um, it would be to make sure that the player understood that when they made those choices that they can't rewind their actions or give them a finite mm. amount of times in which they can do it across the mm -hmm. playthrough. Because I do feel like being able to see the majority of each event and then rewind it back and do it again for a better mm -hmm. outcome that doesn't kind of sit well to me because that's not actually a choice that's mm -hmm. actually being able to see all of your outcomes and then just picking whichever one you fancy it would have been really cool if um what's the main character called in life is strange again uh chloe no chloe's, chloe's, yeah, chloe's hella uh and then cat isn't it I think it might be Kat, whoever the main character is in that in the first season anyway. Um, again, it's been a few years. Yeah, um, yeah. But in that game, um, if they made it so that her time powers were constantly, she knew it was sapping something out of her and she knew that any one of these could be her last chance to do it. Max, um, that, by the way. Max, that's the one. Yeah. Um, that could, like, I added an extra element to like, oh, do I want to burn this now? Because it might be my last chance. And they could have wrote the narrative around that. Yeah. Um, make it for each different player. Maybe you get cut off earlier in the story in terms of when you can stop using the time powers or something. Yeah. 
I would like that. Um, last question is a hiking, more of a hiking story um, from the Essential Gamer UK who says, they're an axe-throwing hey, instructor. Um, throw, throwing axes has got to be the coolest thing to do <laughs> as an instructor. Like, not like that. Do it like this. Um, camped at the Long Road Festival a few summers back. I'd never camped before, and so I thought a roll mat tent and jungle sleeping bag would suffice for a 24-degree day. Um, it was September, but it became minus two degrees on the first night. I nearly oh, died man. and got frostbite in my toe. So I thought I'd, I'd blow this out into what's your... Have you got any perilous hiking stories? Because I don't right now. Blimey, I'm new, mate. I'm new to this. Can I just say, like, that is uh, that is some quite extreme weather shifting right there. <laughs> Let's go for that to minus two. Hopefully you're uh, okay. In the yeah. Because yeah. having frostbite in your toe doesn't necessarily mean you lose it, does it? You lose the nail, but I think your I'm toe no can come back. I don't know. I, I Actually, I will throw in that I once did the deer stalker, which is a, a 10 mile... 10 kilometer, it's a lot, it's a long thing, um, yeah. up in Scotland um, to raise money for a friend that was, at the time had cancer who was like, we were raising money for him anyway. And, um, and we did this big hike thing and um, on the nighttime that got freezing and we went, we got back to the tents, everyone's, um, some of the tents had icicles and stuff hanging off them. And I hadn't, obviously we hadn't been drinking because we'd been running and I yeah. was like, I'm going to go to McDonald's. I'm literally going to drive away from this and get some fast yeah. food. And I'm going to go and book a hotel. And the other people were like, no, we're going to, we're going to brace the elements. <sighs> and, uh, and they were freezing by the next morning. But yeah, just, I can imagine. Maybe sometimes you just need a hotel. I'm just saying. The only other, the only example that I can think of is uh, back in the day when I was work, but a wee lad and actually had a uh, hair. Um, <laughs> me and my dad used to do uh, orienteering. I don't know if you know. Oh, okay, I've heard is. of it. Yeah, I saw a sign in the Lake District saying orienteering begins here, but that's it. You, ba you basically get like a, a map and a series of effectively like clues and they, you Ooh. follow the clues around. And the one it's that my dad used to do, it used to have um, these letter boxes that you would find and you'd open them up and there'd be a stamp inside and you put the stamp on to prove to people that you've been to all of the locations cool. and you'd hand it back at the end. So it's like uh -huh. a treasure quest almost. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that you're meant to do it at speed. So uh -huh. uh, my dad being, uh, he was really fit back in the day, um, he would be like sprinting almost and know exactly <laughs> where he's going because he had the map, he had the compass. Uh -huh. And so I'd be like following after him, just trying to keep up. We did this on Dartmoor. And uh, there's, I don't know if you've been up to Dartmoor before, there's a lot no. of like heath uh, hedges around. Is that not a leveling and... hitman? I think I've been there. <laughs> yeah, it hitman. is actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a real place as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's uh, lots of like, the heath can just be deceivingly deep so that you can run over the top of it or like over the moss that's near it mm. and sometimes find that there's rabbit holes or like little drops down there. Mm -hmm. And as we were running, I just remember running after him and then all of a sudden, bam, I hit my face just on something. Oh. And as I'd run slightly off course and just fell through this heath bush down into something quite deep and just mm -hmm. got like cramped up in there. It was really, but really he's already painful. gone. Like he didn't know. Yeah, but he's legged it away. So oh. when I like pulled myself back out, it only took me like five minutes to get my wherewithal together. But I remember I had like, I hadn't broken my nose, but I definitely had like a cut around my lip right. and stuff like that. And finally got back up and looked around and couldn't see my dad. And bear in mind that I was like, what, like nine or 10 at the yeah. time. I was pretty panicked, especially uh -huh. seeing as you're alone on a moor and not really seeing anyone <laughs> around. And I was like, so I thought, what do I do at this point in time? Do I try and retrace my steps? Do I try and run off the west? I didn't have anything like that. Oh. <laughs> my dad was just like, it'd be fine, mate, it'd be fine. <laughs> um, and so I, in the end, I just sat there, just sat there and he's just like, oh. so I was like, so it was the best thing for me because my dad eventually came back and found me because it was only like about five minute wait until he was like, hold on, where's my son? <laughs> like, um, until, but uh, up until that point, I remember thinking to myself, just like, ah, oh, 
Am I going to die? Is this this, yeah, is, my this first, is this my first like conceptualization of the of what death might be like? <laughs> yeah, man. Like that, that comes out of nowhere, especially when you're a kid. Everything is absolutely terrifying. If your parent just runs off as well, and you're like, "Well, yeah, I know just... the speed I was supposed to be doing, and now I'm stuck down here." Um. So yes, this has been the Untitled Banter Podcast Hiking Edition. We might see what other editions we can come up with in the future, depending on just yes. what happens in our lives. And um, actually, very, very, very quick thoughts, Mr. Jules Gale, on yeah. E3 in the Summer Games Fest because we didn't even talk about that what was your what's your one sentence reaction or maybe your one word reaction to the last um so this is the thing i'm going to be contrarian and say that if you're disappointed by e3 after everything that has happened over the last couple of years then maybe just maybe you might need to step back and take a look at yourself because there's a lot of good games coming there's a lot of promise on the horizon and just because you didn't see your favorite title appear right there and then does not mean that it was a bad uh present uh, bad um event that uh justifies people being negative towards the developers of games no no hell no you should never be you should never bring it to the i just saw a lot of hate come up on my twitter timeline people just deriding people saying this thing sucked this was rubbish blah 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 and it's like look at this slew of games that we are getting look at all of the amazing stuff that we are getting and bear in mind i saw a perfect encapsulation of this mentality was uh, people who complain about their favorite game not appearing at E3 are likely the same people that have 80 plus games in their back catalog that they've not played. <laughs> I will. Uh, the, hilar- the hilarious thing here is that I've just written a piece on why E3 is dying, but I think that's a different <laughs> thing to complaining about what we got. I do think that what Xbox and Nintendo put together was incredible. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think it's a world away from complaining about what we did get. I just think that the reality of the show. Um, I think Summer Games Fest was way stronger. I feel like Jeff yeah. Keighley is like taking the spotlight from E3 so much um, and securing things like Elden Ring. Um, but yeah, E3 is in a fascinating place. I think that it was a it was a weird show this year, but the the literal reality, and I opened the article to future video as well, um, the lit- the coughing elephant in the room is COVID, like obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a miracle. It's always amazing what they can bring together at all. They're putting it on us for free, really, yeah. um, to just sit and watch it. So there's still plenty of stuff to be excited about. And we got a new Metroid, which to be honest, Hell made yeah. me do a little backflip. So it's, it's a good time. <laughs> um, but yes, for now, this has been the entire Partner Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Jules skill thanks for having me and we'll catch you next time the UPP the UPP Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.